The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. You haven't had a chance to use the stereo mode for two independent microphones that yeah. don't really have anything to do with each other. Yeah. You just Yeah. But it's a cool idea that. that I'm glad that you, you told me. Hey, did you lock the front door? Yes. Yes. Swing the door closed. Swing that door closed. I'm, I'm getting old and I'm, I'm turning into that uh, feeble, cold old man. It's always cold or always too hot. Oh, you know what? Maybe I'm just going through that's, menopause. That's my house. It's always too cold or it's always too hot? Yeah. If the person, because uh, I live in a basement suite. But the thermostat controls are upstairs. Oh, yeah. So if the person upstairs is gone for a couple days, it'll be like the thermostat will be on the bare minimum that it needs to be on to for the house to be <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So I have my portable heaters just constantly going like all winter long. That's rough. Just to keep the keep my basement in a... a point where it's good but when they're home mm. it's the opposite the heat is just <laughs> cranked and i'll walk in and it's like it could be minus 40 instant sweating yeah <laughs> nice my last my last home studio the home studio i had before this place was basically an unfinished basement but the lady that lived upstairs did not like the furnace on all winter long. Like she did, she just, she wanted it. She wanted to keep the temperature of the upstairs about 12 degrees. Oh, that's terrible for the Americans. I I think that's something like 60 Fahrenheit, something ish, maybe, maybe 55. I think, yeah, fifties or forties would probably be closer to that. Fair enough. But like well below, well below 66, which is what we try to keep the studio at. Which is 16 for us Canadians. Anyway. Yeah, and 16 can be cold sometimes 16, during the winter. <laughs> especially when you're close to the door. I need to I need to get the landlord to replace that front door. That's what I need to do. Because it just, it barely keeps the cold out on these cold stretches. Anyway, we don't want to talk about temperature or heat control or all that kind of stuff. You want to talk about... I wanted, yeah, I, I wanted to start off with, um, with Huey Lewis. I was listening to... Um, uh, Huey Lewis sports, Huey Lewis in the news, sorry, must be accurate. Huey Lewis in the news, their album sports. I have the LP at home. Um, I bought the, uh, the, uh, MP3s off, um, or AACs off of iTunes. Mm-hmm. I love the record. It's one of my, one of my favorite records from the eighties. And I was listening to it this morning while I was waiting for you to show up. And I got to this song walking on a thin line which is, I think it's track five-ish. It might be the last song on the first side. Anyway, I get to that song and 
You know what? It's probably the first song on the second side. Anyway, it's been so long since I listened to the actual album. So I get to this song and I've always had a hit or miss vibe with the song. I'm never sure if, you know, I'm, I'm never sure if I'm going to, if I'm going to like it this day or not like it this day. Anyway, so it started playing and mm-hmm. it started bugging me again. Why do I, why do I keep listening to this song? I sat and so I just sat here in the, in the sweet spot in the control room listening to the song. They're fucking out of tune everywhere. <laughs> like Huey himself is, is pretty pitchy the entire way through the song. The background vocals are atrocious. The kind of things that I would keep telling singers to sing again, of course, back then didn't have the luxury of auto tuning as cheaply as we do now, yeah. but the background vocals are fucking atrocious. Like he's sharp and flat all over the place. Whoever's doing that main background vocal. And then there's a couple of, there's a couple of extra overdubs that are just like, fuck me. <laughs> like, how did that make it through? Um, it made me, it, it reminded me a lot of, of what I used to do as a, as a teenager Okay. When I didn't really know how to sing or I didn't really have a good grasp of pitch, I just used to, this feels right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so it's, it's the only song on the record that really bugs me like that. Um, and, and I'm, I'm just, I, I was happy I sat down today and thought about it. Found out why it is some days you dislike it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. And some days it doesn't bother me at all. Right. But today was one of the days that it did. And I actually listened to it. I actually paid attention. I paid attention from a producer's perspective. I don't do that a lot with music. I realize, um, like last night, last night I was sitting here archiving until about midnight because I have so much stuff that needed to be back, needed to be backed up and archived and, stored on multiple hard drives and blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I swear I haven't done it since Christmas or earlier. And, uh, um, and then clones of hard drives made and blah, blah. Anyway. So I was listening to a lot of music mm-hmm. and I started listening to what the hell was it? Um, oh, I was listening to finger 11, the, la- uh, the finger 11 record at the end of the nineties, um, carousel. And I used to really enjoy that record and I still mostly enjoy it, but it almost sounds too perfect. Now maybe they, maybe they just played it again and again and again until they got it right, but it almost sounds too perfect. Um, the singer himself, I don't know any of the guy's names, but he wasn't quite perfect, so he definitely, like, it, it sounded like he definitely sang, right. but all the instruments, like they were just too tight. Okay. You know, like every single kick and every single, the kind of things that, that musicians expect nowadays because of the whole, we can edit everything on the computer. Right. Yeah. Um, but this was 1999 and the whole computer editing thing wasn't as convenient, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I think back then it was like you had a person who specialized in that, in the studio. 
You know what? That's that's true. That's true. Mixer Man in his first book talked about that about how they. Uh, that's how a lot a lot of the guys in the '90s got their foot in the doors. Like, oh, I learned the hell out of Pro Tools, and I learned how to edit. Or or um, what's that? Uh, radar. You can do a lot of the same things on radar too, right? Oh yeah. It's um, not even around anymore, is it? Oh yeah. Yeah, they just radar just released a DAW. Huh. Yeah. I, I haven't I haven't spent a lot of time looking at it, but um oh, it was that reminds me, I'm gonna have Cubase nine soon. Really? Yeah. Are you getting it uh, comp from the work? Yeah. Nice. It's um, kind of annoying because I have to re register like every four months or something like that. You know what? Considering you're saving yourself an eight hundred dollar software purchase, that's yeah, that's the, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I, I understand it, and then it makes sense. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's also a bit annoying because <laughs> it, it it's not even so much like I get to uh, it, like it tells me, oh, you have to renew, so let's fill out a thing. It's like I have to go to um, a Yamaha rep and uh, ask for another key. Oh, yeah, you actually have to get um, I have to updated, get, updated license keys. Yeah, from a Yamaha rep. Okay, so so they, they're calling it uh, Radar Studio, and it looks like it's, um, without going too far into it, it looks like it's, it's, not a, it's not their own DAW. It's whatever DAW you want, custom integrated to their computer to a radar computer. That's what it looks like. Um, was, oh, what? <laughs> okay, so here, let, let me read this from the website. Radar Studio is the culmination of 25 years of audio engineering excellence. In addition to unparalleled build quality and brilliant simplicity, Radar Studio delivers the legendary sound of radar in a dual platform end-to-end music production system. Why? So that every artist, whether recording in their favorite DAW software or in classic radar mode, can maintain the integrity of their performance, their performance throughout the entire production process. So, well, I don't know. Okay, I'm seeing this now. It's just IZ Corp. Yeah, it's just a computer with rack ears <laughs> and a screen. And 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 you know, I mean, there's something to, something to be appreciated with that. I think that's uh, I think that's just a that's just a I fancy don't know. Graphic, I think though. this is like they're too late with this thing. Like if this was I would be really surprised if like, this just looks like what you're doing is taking a computer and making it a tape machine. Right. Which I mean some people do, but what what's stopping me from just custom building a computer into a rack? Right. For probably cheaper than what they're selling this thing for. Like, I don't know how much it's selling for, so. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the configuration, I guess. Um, but yeah. It, it's cool, though. Did you download the, uh, did you download the uh, brochure? That has a lot more pictures on it. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the back panel right now, and it looks yeah. like there's like DB25 ports on the back. 24 in, yeah. 24 in, 24 out. A lot Probably of spit if expansion capabilities. Um, I'm wondering uh, if those XLR are AES ins or not. Um, yeah, uh, a the the ones on the left are AES in and out. Okay. Um, the ones on the right. On the right are uh, SMPTE. Okay. Timecode. 
Yeah. And they have an in, out, and through for MIDI. And they have TDIF. What the fuck is that? Why the hell would they have TDIF? That doesn't make any sense. TDIF. Uh, Tascam Digital Interface. That's the... Um, it's the alternate version to the AES DB25 okay. digital it system. Probably just have it to make it so that this thing will work with anything. anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and that's fair. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. What are those? There's things at the on the front IZ. Right above, like the fast forward, play, record buttons. Oh, just above them. I just don't know what those them? are. Those look like they look like breakers. <laughs> you know, like breaker in your house. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's just the hard drives, like uh, injectable hard drives. Actually, that makes a lot of sense because that that would be a common thing, right? You would need an injectable hard drive. Price a radar. Oh, it it's cool, but like, what what? <sighs> Why wouldn't I just buy a computer? Well, because the shit, it is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the the idea the idea with radar is you're getting everything that's great about digital plus um plus the workflow of an analog deck. Right? That's that's the idea with it. Holy crap. To add AES, it's gonna cost three grand? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? No, th- this doesn't make any sense at all. Like this, <laughs> this is stupid expensive. I'll just have a computer. <laughs> well, it, that's exactly it, right? Like, like you just have a computer and that's, I mean, what else do you, why would you need this when a computer in theory does everything that this is now? Now, well, it has like control surfaces and stuff like that that you can get with it. Like I'm, I'm looking more into it. Right. And like you could get like a meter bridge that shows you like all your channels and what they're doing. Right. You can get a control surface which just looks like a keyboard with a bunch of extra buttons. So the uh, like the old school digital the screen uh, uh, the screen on the front of the rack mount unit yep. is a touchscreen. Touchscreen for transport. But it looks or for small. Like unless that rack unit is huge, it, it's probably it's probably a five space. So, so that is pretty big. That's that big, but that, that, that's, that's tiny. Yeah, that's tiny. That's not going to be good screen. for doing work. Yeah. So I would still need computer screens. Well, and then, uh, yeah, Jesus. But like, yeah, they have all these extra things that you can add, like. A remote extension, $416. <laughs> and that's just like this cable. <laughs> it's, it's dumb. It, so it would, it would be a, for an all-in-one, for someone that's... that's $3,500 for a controller. Yeah. This, like, this, nah, no. This is not very good for anyone who's running like a recording business, in my opinion. It would be it would be pretty good for someone who's starting fresh. Like if you're building a new room and you're charging hundred dollars an hour, I could see that being a worthwhile investment. Because I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's looking like it's going to be close to ten grand to get that thing. I know lots of guys that would happily spend that just on their computer anyway. 
I and this is and this is computer converters, um, transport control, editing capabilities. It now can host your DAW. I mean, it, it's it's a dedicated yeah. it's a dedicated studio unit, right? I I, I mean. I'm not, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. It is overpriced and that's even, that's American dollars too. That's not even yeah. Canadian dollars. So add 30% for us, but I, I'm, it's, it doesn't sound outside the realm of reality. I don't know. Adding a couple Let, thousand dollars for, or adding like two grand just so that I have AES in and outs is sounds ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, if, if you don't need that, right. But it's got it's got twenty four analog in and out. You can ex- expand it to forty eight if you want. Um, I mean, twenty four is probably my enough. my system. My system as like it, is, it's cool because it is like pretty much yeah. your converter built into a computer. Exactly right, and it's everything's optimized for it for each other, right? Yeah. So like, look, let's ju- I'm just just by just by way of and it just makes it look. just by way of comparison my computer and converter combination is 7,500, 8,000. Yeah. But you're also a Apple person. I know, but that's the kind of, that's the kind of thing that these guys cater to, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'm okay with building my own PC for significantly cheaper. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's the thing is, is this is going to appeal to people who don't want to build. Uh, this is going to appeal to studio owners who don't want to deal with, deal with um, the tech, right? They, they want to install it, plug it in and it works, which, which is the only problem with this is like, because you are putting so much into this box if anything goes down your <laughs> studio's down unless you have a second one of those boxes that's one thing that's one thing that you're paying for though is radar has a reputation for wonderful tech support like that i've even heard of stories of them coming in and swapping out radar radar systems for you regardless of where you are okay I mean, it, I mean it's, it's still for shitty the if price you, if you, I am paying for pretty much a computer. Yeah, you would um, expect that, right? I, I kind of expect that of them just mm-hmm. being like, okay, we will get you a new one right away so that while we're repairing yours, you can still work. And I, I think and that's I the mean, idea, yeah. I think they would have to for the price that they're, they're selling these at. Yeah. At least in my opinion, that's kind of what I would expect if I paid that much money. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah, right? What looks like a computer to me? Computer with a touchscreen. Yeah, <laughs> I think I would. I would still rather just build a PC, and if I wanted to have redundancies, I would build a second PC, mm. so that I have that redundancy, and it would still be cheaper. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Unless you don't want to work on PC, which is fair. I don't mind what I work on. It's just PC yeah. is significantly cheaper, so I, that's yeah. what I, I I do. I'm I'm completely capable of working on Apple. Do you just as well yeah, as PC? You've done it here lots. Do you um do you use your studio computer for anything else? My studio computer is my personal computer, so it does pretty much everything for me. Okay, 
Uh, I don't have a TV, so like it is my entertainment box. <laughs> it is your Netflix. Uh, no, or whatever actually, it is. My Netflix is mostly my iPad. Oh, nice. Mostly. Mostly. Occasionally, I, I go on the computer as well. I used to do that here. Throw Netflix up on the big screen. Not that they're big screens, but... And then play it through the studio speakers. Just sit back. Throw my feet up on a stool. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm okay with the sound playing through the little Apple speaker, so... I mean, I'm usually not paying attention, all that much attention anyway. That's and it's fair. usually a show I've seen so much. Because <laughs> the joys of Netflix, there's so much to pick from. I just end up you'd usually being like, oh, I'm not interested in anything that I see immediately. Yeah. And it's after, like, like, I know that this, this show is going to entertain me and I can only half pay attention to it and yeah. still get it all. Yeah. Ocean's Eleven is like that for me. There's just uh, so much good in Ocean's Eleven. Usually my, my default is either Archer, Futurama, or F is for family right now. Oh, and American Dad. I could never get into American Dad. There's seasons of it that I, I dislike. Yeah. And it seems to be like the earlier stuff is what I dislike. And oh, as okay. it's mature, or as... The series goes on. I've I've enjoyed it more, mm. mostly because the characters are less over the top. Yeah, and they've been fleshed out. And wow. that's fair. Yeah, Futurama is on my list for sure. Yeah, Futurama is one that that is a funny show. Well, the thing with the how thing many that, times that it gets canceled and brought back. Yeah, four times now. Um, the thing that I love the most about Futurama is they do tons of social commentary. And they have lots of pop culture references that I get, but not so many like Family Guy that I just don't understand at all. Yeah, totally. And and I I love the um words are not my friend today. Um, uh, it's your turn. It's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's move let's on. Let's talk about audio because we're 20 minutes in. Yes. Okay. Um, talk about audio. I, so the other, man, the other things that I had on my list for us to talk about today, <clears throat> did you have, you know what? Did you have anything? You, um, are you doing your homework? Uh, I've been trying. It's been a pretty busy week of uh, personal things. So I haven't got much. Haven't got much. Hey, yeah. um, for the most part, all I've been doing this past week um, has been like letting people pick my brain. Okay, like tutoring my buddy. He's going to school for um, recording. What's his name? What was his? Uh, uh, he, uh, Kale is his name. Oh, not the not who I thought it was. No, it's not Walker. Walker. That's who I was. I was trying to think. Starts with a W, but I can't remember his name. No, no. This is a buddy of mine that it was like uh, me and him. We were both in small towns doing the whole. We want really, really badly want to be in a band, but nobody in this town plays any of the music we like. <laughs> so you know, we started a band together when we both like pretty much moved into the city of Calgary when I was like maybe seventeen, eighteen, or whatever. Right. However old I was. 
so he's been, he's like a buddy from the beginning of my music career. Beginning of your audio career. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, and so he's, yeah, he's been a performer all these years. Whereas me, I was like, I've, I've learned pretty quick in being a performer and stuff that I prefer being behind the glass and right. being the geek. Cause that was always the thing that I liked about being in a band. It was like, Oh, <laughs> we're recording demos. I'm going to learn how to do this. Right. Like, uh, uh, yeah. In me and Kale's, a couple of our bands, it was pretty much brought on me. Cause I had microphones and stuff. I was the guy who recorded. And so like, I learned how to do that. So weird how that so weird how that works. I hear that exact same story from so many guys that end up in our position. I was the guy that had microphones. I was the guy that had a tape deck. I was the guy that had cables. I yeah. was the guy that wasn't I mean, afraid of technology. Obviously, I had some interest in it because it was just like yeah. I wanted to learn how to record, but that, I was no good. That was it. one of the reasons you had microphones. I mean, yeah, you know, you you were leaning towards that side anyway. Yeah, but yeah, over the years he has been performing and now he's getting into wanting to be a producer engineer right which is awesome on him like yeah it seems to be another way of how it goes it's like you've been a performer for so long that eventually you're just like i don't want to perform anymore because it sucks <laughs> traveling all the time i really want more musicians to turn into producers so that they understand what it's like well not just that but Producers in the more traditional sense, but leave the engineering to people who know what they're doing. Hmm. Yeah. You know? Like I, I, um, having an understanding of what it, of the capabilities of engineering, I think is really important, but so many, we need people that are focused on the production side independently of the engineering side because we get better recordings we get better products yeah unfortunately the industry's not going that way i know i know no the one wants to spend money wanting us to be, have so many more hats than yeah exactly yeah yeah i um with that in mind i'm trying something new um i'm gonna post it online eventually in the near future but I'm going to be doing um, uh, live recording, mixing, and mastering. Live recording, specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, in studio, though. That's yeah. my limitation, because I don't want to go anywhere. Hmm. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> it's such a pain. Um, 200 bucks for a song. Recorded, mixed, mastered. And it's just on the, on the fly type of thing. Well, I, I'm 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 going to do a proper mix. Okay, I won't uh, I won't mail in the mix or do the mix while the band is but it is like playing. Right, you play your song. Yeah, once. Well, I I would even give a band I would even give a band a handful of times to get it. You know, three to six times. If you don't have it in if you don't have it in five or six tries, you're not going to get it that day. You know, or we're going to be spending six hours. Is a lot. I know. I know. Uh, but you want to leave, you want to leave the opportunity for bands to correct themselves. I think three is the ideal, right? Yeah, I think three is fair. You got one to remember for everybody to remember their parts. Two to two for everybody to make mistakes as they're remembering their parts. Three to nail it. 
I think that's fair. And, uh, you know, give them a couple extra, but no overdubs. It's live. It sounds live. Very minimal editing, you know, maybe little tiny tweaks here and there, but, but that's it. Right. It's live. And then analog mix followed by a master. 200 bucks. It's a pretty good deal. That's pretty much like a, a demo. I know, right? It, it, a great opportunity for a band to get in and get out in, uh, in, a, in a couple days if they want to do a handful of songs yeah. or less. And then, and then uh, mixes to follow up, right? Yeah. yeah. And it think, also forces the band to know their songs. Yeah. Especially if you frame it that way where it's like you only have a handful of times to get it right. So if, if you don't get it right, I mean, whatever. You're, yeah, you're. If you don't get it right, you're throwing away your money. Yeah, yeah. And you have to live with a shitty product. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna experiment with that over the next handful of months. See, um, see, see what kind of interest you're... I get. See what kind of bands come out of the woodwork. Because there's all sorts of bands that the biggest, the biggest obstacle isn't performance; it's money. You know, and if I can, if I can, you know, give a studio quality recording, the performance is up to them, but the, the recording quality would be top notch and the, the mix will be every bit as good as I do. It'll be up to the band to get it good. Yeah. I want to play with it. It should be fun. Plus I love the whole live recording thing, you know, spend the morning setting up, spend the afternoon recording two, three songs, five songs. 10 mm-hmm. songs. We did 18 songs in a three day weekend once all live. It was pretty great. Long days, but Oh yeah, that would be a long day. Yeah. Remember doing a three day weekend, trying to get six songs done. That <laughs> was a nightmare. Yeah. Right. Um, Roland did in November, Roland did a, uh, a three-day weekend where they recorded an entire 11-song album. Did uh, an entire day of setup. This was like an eight-hour day just setting up guitar tones and bass tones and getting the drums sounding right. And then they and it was a three-piece band. Then they did uh, the three-piece band live, followed by rhythm guitar and vocal overdub. Uh-huh. And then a lead guitar, additional vocal overdub. So always at least two instruments going at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And they nailed it off. 11 songs in, it was 16, 17 hours of recording time. They came in and they were prepared though. Like they were, they were on the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. What else was on my list? Um, I I was thinking we should have uh, oh yeah, yeah okay this was a gear thing we'll dive into a gear thing I feel like I need to make li- make notes about what we talk about um so uh um I've been looking at um because I I have those two DBX 166s that uh that um, I run in stereo on the headphone buses mm-hmm. and 
one channel in each unit, the, uh, the uh, VCAs work, but the t- detector circuit doesn't work. So they'll work in stereo mode because they're summed together and then they use whatever channel's working in the detection circuit, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, um, you, can't, you can't run them in mono and they're, 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 not, they're not as good as they should be. Anyway, so I've been looking at upgrading them to a functional unit and I'm hoping to get a four-channel um, four compressor unit, right? Okay. That's just the precursor. I, I, I want you to actually not think about the units themselves, but think about the functions. In a lot of these units, they sacrifice attack and release control. Mm-hmm. Simplify it down to some of them. Some of them don't give you any control. Yeah. Uh, some simplify it down to a fast or slow button for attack and for release. Okay. How important is that to you? Uh, I don't mind that. Like a lot of my favorite compressors don't even give you attack or release at all. Okay. They give you input output. (laughs) With fixed attack and release. Yeah. Yeah. And even fixed threshold, you just have to crank the input enough to go above the threshold. Right. Some of those are awesome. Uh, I mean, it's nice to have that stuff if I want to like be a little bit more surgical with how I'm using my compressors, but it's not that important to me. So is it is it more of a more of a um, special case where you need the attack and release control? And not uh, a- yeah, I think so. I, I don't know. To me, it's just, I have my digital compressors that can do that. So if I had hardware compressors that didn't have attacker release right. um, settings, then it, it wouldn't be the end of the world because I can always do that kind of compression in anyway. the box. Right. Meanwhile, uh, I can use the compressor for just, you know, lightly touching it and trying to shape the waveform uh, going in. So that's essentially what I like having hardware compressors for is just recording in. I'm controlling the dynamics of what's going in a bit more. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, I'm being abusive with the compressors. Then it's it's a tone <laughs> box at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Graham from the Recording Revolution talks about the release knob as a tone knob rather than a rather than anything else. I I can see that. I haven't been watching his videos. I, I, he just strike. I don't know. He just doesn't do it for me. Something rubs me the wrong way whenever I listen to him. <laughs> he does sound a little on the like. He on the he, he almost sounds like a car salesman, kind of like he's trying to sell me something. I know he's trying to be helpful, but the, the way like his mannerisms. Just make him sound like a, a car salesman to me. At the end of the day, he is, that, that's basically what he is. You know, like he's, his business is, is selling his, uh, selling his products. Yeah. Right. And some of that's music. Some of that's his, um, uh, his, his, uh, teaching videos and all that. But kind of there's stuff. guys that pretty much do the same thing as his, him, but don't come off as like, 
a car salesman. Like, yeah. oh, you don't want that. You want this. This is this is the better product, despite the fact that it's essentially the same thing. Well, see now he he I've never heard him do that. Uh, I'm not saying I, he does directly do that. It just he rubs me that way of uh, like that's fair. a sleazy car salesman almost. Yeah. It's funny he's <clears throat> for most for the most part he's one of the ones I enjoy listening to the most. Um, and I've I also I think the turning point for me was when I was still following Pensado's place quite a bit. Um, I noticed that on Pensado's place, he would have his into the lair and then it'd be like next week. Graham is doing the same thing that was in the, into the lair, but his version of that thing is just, it was an echo chamber essentially. (laughs) Nice. So that was like the turning point of like, Oh, so you just just watch other people and, take their stuff which is it was it was just like another nail in the coffin type of thing for me that made me mm-hmm. not enjoy his stuff as much i think he's a smart guy i think all of his advice is pretty good i have my disagreements with what he says yeah but i, I don't necessarily think any of it i don't think anything he says is harmful to anyone trying to learn how to do this I think I think he's I think he's really on point with a lot of guys and I I really enjoy his message of don't spend money um yeah right like in don't don't spend money on gear don't spend money on plugins get really good at the stuff you have yeah he's good at that I, uh, yeah but again to a point yeah. who um who do you uh Online, who do you who do you listen to? Who do you watch? I don't know. I like some of the mix with the masters videos. Those are mm. interesting. I, I, you mean the, like the interview, the post interviews they do? Those can be very interesting because like the engineers will talk about like some weird concept yeah. that you would have been like, oh, I never thought of that, but that is <laughs> brilliant. Like they'll give you ideas. Yeah. Uh, I've. I essentially got like my weird multi band for the bass thing from one of those. Yeah, nice. I can't. I think it was uh, Maserati where I got that from. Yeah, and it was me taking what he was talking about and then applying it completely differently than how he was applying it because he right. he wasn't making multi band compressors. He was talking about using different compressors for different parts of a song. Oh yeah. Okay. So, like, maybe you have an 1176 for the chorus, and then you have an LA-2A for the verses. Oh, and, like, the whole mix? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. And then I thought, uh, and then I took that and made the multiband thing. Right. Which I'm, I'm sure my multiband trick is not the first time somebody's done what I'm doing. No. Like, obviously, the first multiband compressors was pretty much that, I imagine. Yeah, right. Somebody doing some complex routing <laughs> with a whole bunch of compressors and EQs and then made a multiband compressor. I um, But yeah. yeah, the way I do it is more like I'm swapping out the compressors so that I can have an 1176 and have it all buttons in, nuke mode, crank the shit out of the input-output, and I can distort the mids and nothing but the mids. And then I could... I don't know if I want some highs in the bass tone, which I probably wouldn't, but 
if I want that, I can increase that and it wouldn't be distorted. Right. Or if I want the clarity of the lows, which I usually do, it's not getting distorted by the 1176 because it's only distorting the, the mids. Right. So I could get like a growly tone while still having the note definition of the bass notes. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> um, and then even watching some like clips where they're trying to advertise like their next course that you can buy or something like that. Mm. Like uh, Matt Wallace, Andy Wallace, Andy Wallace, Andy Wallace is the one that's up right now. Yeah. yeah. So I've seen videos of that and like, I've seen him. It's not even necessarily like he's talking about anything. It's just, I, I see him behind a console and he does something while it's playing the music. And then I, I, I notice it and I go, Oh, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> I mean, that's just because I have the experience that I, I look you have an idea at what, what he he's does. Doing, and yeah. I, yeah, I get an idea of what he, he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's... that's kinda... I enjoy those sometimes, just watching like some of the guys who've been around for freaking 30, 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I'm always amazed. I'm always amazed when I see those guys uh, talk about something or not amazed. I'm not amazed. I'm, um, set at ease. That's not even the right term. I feel good about myself when I hear one of those guys talk about something that is something that I already do or something that I've kind of always done. Like, uh, Andrew Sheps talks often enough about, he's just got this one thing that he does with guitar amps and it's the exact same thing every time. There's no variance. Doesn't matter what guitar tone is coming through it. It's just he does this. It's the the 57 and the 421 taped together, shoved right into the cone. Right. That's what he does. Yeah. And and he he doesn't have any any reason to change. And I have I have kind of a similar similar starting point that I just I I go to. You know I I have I yeah. have a, my ribbon and my 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 906. And I put them on either side of the dust cap and I get them phase aligned and I blend between the two. That's just kind of my yeah. nine times out of 10. That's the right spot. And for me, it's usually just shove a 421 in front of it. Unless the band wants a harsh tone, <laughs> then it's a 57 on top of the 421. Cause there's no way I'm taking a 421 away from a guitar cabinet. <laughs> Yeah. See, and I'm 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 so hit or miss with 421s. I'll take I'll take the 906 over the 421 any day. Yeah, but the 421s have uh, a nice mid now, focus. Now, if we're talking about like them. if we're talking about if we're talking about the old 421s, like the 421 U, I'll give you that. But the new 421s make two, mm-hmm. like the the four that I have that we've used for this podcast, and they sound great on on voices. They sound great on, on toms. They sound great on a lot of things. I just don't like them on guitars. That's fair. I mean, uh, lots of people tell me that, but the, but the, but, four, the old four twenty ones, they, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. They were just a something special microphone, wonderful mid range, wonderful low end. Didn't have an exaggerated top end. That's the big thing that makes me like them is that as opposed to a 57, they don't have that five K bump. The new ones do, I thought, though. I hope not. 
I'm 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 sure. Well, the, the new ones have been the ones like the ones you buy since 2002, right? Okay. Um, I'm going over to Recording Hacks. We're gonna find this out. Well, find well this thing out. regardless, every 421 I've compared to a 57, it's always been like more mid and low mid focused, right? And you get that nice clarity in the, those frequencies, right? That's fair. And that's usually what I'm looking for in my guitar tones is that. Whereas the, the 57, it's to me, it's just like, well, why don't we just, I find often when I use a 57, I'm ducking 5k a lot and it's cause it has that bump and I don't, well, yeah, I don't want that bump in my new, uh, I'm going to pass this to you because this is great radio. Oh yeah. That's the, uh, what the, f- that's the 421 dash two. That's the new that's one. That's a huge bump. I know. Great for drums. Yeah. Cause you get the, the hit yeah. out of it. I, I love 421s on Tom's. I mm. wish they were smaller though, which apparently <laughs> they're, is a model that it has the same capsule as the 421s and has a smaller profile. I thought you were. And is also significantly cheaper. I just can't remember what model it is. You would you would mention that that was the 906, the the little flat guitar head that I have. It but I was expecting be... that it's the 904, Maybe which it is. But um, doesn't have a frequency. Spot, but it's the uh it's their you know the the 604s the 604s the 904 is the the nicer version of that i guess um they okay so mike has a cardioid portal pattern roll off around 150 not great for toms i guess gentle three decibel rise starting at 500 Typically measured at a distance of one meter, this information does not reveal much about the sound of the mic when mounted on a drum rim within a few centimeters of the head. I don't know. I can't remember. I would have to watch the videos again of um, Jamie King because he says, "Oh yeah, yeah, if you want a 421, but you don't want to pay the price like three hundred dollars <laughs> for a 421, buy these because you could buy like two or three for the price of one 421." I'm going to Google it right now. Jamie King, um, 421 alternative. It was on uh, Creative Live or something like that. He did a, a, okay. a little thing on that. Uh, and I have all the videos for it. Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can't find it. It's going to be... going to have to... You didn't by chance, like... Record that video, did you? The I creative own live thing. Oh, you video. own it, dude. You gotta go find it. Go find well, it. It's at home. Tell us. Well, no, go go into the video. Find the information. Oh, yeah, find I, that alternative. Yeah, I will. <laughs> uh, it, I I don't think it's an exact copy of the. Mic, I have the Joey has the the capsule. Right. Well, you, you know what? That's a good start. Yeah, that's a good start. Um, I have the Joey Sturgis. I should, probably shouldn't be telling this on public radio, but I have the Joey Sturgis Creative Live one. Were you he interested has in that? A couple, I think. Okay, because um, he 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 has an interesting 
thing where he started doing things for Creative Live. He did like I think two or three courses for that, but then he started his mix with, uh, not mix with Master. Nail the uh, mix. Nail the mix. Nail the mix. Yeah, which is a, a monthly thing, and, it, and he does that occasionally. Usually, though, they get like I don't know. They they get like a big time engineer, right? And they do like a song by a band that's really big. Yeah, it, um, yeah, for twenty bucks a month, and I mean that's cool. Like people get those stems, or is it I think, stems they, I think they get or? the full multi-track. Yeah, yeah, I think they give you the full multi-track as well. Yeah, but Which then is, they also like give you a step-by-step. This is how I approached this song by whatever the guy producer did. who's going to do it. And then the like, okay, now you guys get to compete with each other and somebody wins at the end of the month. I don't know if you get things for winning. I can't remember. Yeah, you get, um, it it changes every month, but you get, um, like they they offered the whole, um, the whole JTS catalog. Yeah, Um, and I think they've offered like headphones and stuff like that too. Yeah, it, it all seemed, it all seemed to be around like two to $300 value type of thing for winning every month. Yeah. Which is cool. And I, I enjoy his plugin company cause like it's a plugin company. That's like, we understand that people don't have $300 to drop on <laughs> a fucking, um, or a, a transient designer or a thousand dollars to, to have proprietary hardware to be able to run you the software. And then they're like for 50 bucks, you can have this thing and it's really useful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's quite a lot of plugins that he has that I've. It seems like every time I look into it, there's like another plugin where it's like, oh, that would be pretty useful because that would get rid of like three plugins that I need to do exactly that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the. Um, um, I, I can't remember who it was by, but the waves. Waves had has this series of of um, they all look the same. They all look like a like a ten band graph graphic EQ. Yeah, um, you just dial, each each fader is a you know dial in different tones of whatever instrument it is. Right, they all look the same, different colors, whatever. Uh, I used to. I think those are like the mix knobs or whatever. Not the mix knob. This was this was an earlier series before the before the yeah. No, um, I'm not saying it is mix knob, oh. um, but rather similar to yeah, uh, like you would have your Crystal Lord Algae. It, 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 right, it was it was it was one of those series, and it might have even been Crystal Lord Algae's um, pack, not his compressors. I but, think they had multiple packs for different producers, though. So that were essentially like. So this one had um, the, the, I used the bass one from that. Okay. from that series and I really enjoyed it because it, it was basically it was basically a multiband compressor a distortion box and an EQ knob or a, an EQ thing for bass and it had this it had this one preset that I absolutely loved that was called pizza cutter and it it just had this really gritty nasty mid-range distortion that you could blend in and out but it always made whatever bass tones came through sound great and then i just dial in the 
dial in the distortion of, yeah. that I wanted. It was, I, I'm, I don't know. How did I, how did we get there? Fuck. Oh, we were talking about useful plugins, I guess. Right. Right. I don't use any plugins like that at all now. Um, like the, well, I don't use any magic. waves plugins. So yeah, you're, you're, um, you still haven't just like, nope. you're still not, not even for your, uh, for your Fairchild. It's your favorite plugin, man. I'm, 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 I'm actually surprised that you're still it's not my favorite plugin. It's my favorite compressor. Well, yeah, but okay. I can get it from, uh, UA. So are you, are you going to get it from UA? Yeah, of course I am. Okay. I just have to get off my ass and actually like actually do it. Do it. Yeah. 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 I have to either buy it or I have to ask for an NFR. How long does the NFR last? Do you have to renew it? I think so it's often? a year. Okay. That's fair. And so long as I work for a company that sells universal audio, I'll, I'll get it. Right. The only thing that's been holding me back from asking for an NFR on that is because I have a solo. And if I have like the entire library available to me it's just <laughs> should see if you can get a, not enough should see if you can get an nfr on a on an octo oh th- th- there's no way i would have to buy the octo but i could get the software for free <laughs> for a year i could nice. get a free software license for a year that, that, yeah i think that's a better way of putting it mm. yeah that can work the one thing i notice um have, have you noticed this you probably haven't because you don't record as much at home. No. Um, I noticed that with the card, with the UAD card installed in the, in the tower, there's a noticeable delay in the audio through the computer across all platforms. Doesn't seem to have uh, like I can be running at 32 samples using one of the plugins type thing. Nope. Just having it installed. Even, even having, even having, um, like we are right now, we have delay compensation turned off to maximize, to, to, to minimize latency, right? Right. Even, even with that on all Pro Tools, Cubase, Studio One, Logic, they all have this, it's about a 10 second. 10 second? 10, 10 millisecond. 12 10 millisecond is pretty quick. It's just an, it's just enough that if you, if you know what you're listening for, you can hear it. And then if I flip phase, it seems to diminish, like flip the phase on a, on the preamp. It seems right. to diminish. Anyway, notice it mostly with acoustic guitars and with, uh, with vocals. But, uh, when I take, when I take the UAD card out of the computer, it mm-hmm. goes away. Huh. I notice the same thing with um, with the Apollo I have at home. If I unplug the Apollo, it goes away. But if I leave the Apollo plugged in, then it's there. Interesting. Because yeah. the Apollo advertises itself as uh, real time processing. Well, and, and and that's the thing is if I if I monitor if I monitor through the Apollo's um, onboard uh, monitoring. Mm-hmm with their software, then it, it's not there. But if I monitor through the DAW, then it will be there. It'll be there. But if I take the, if I remove the uh, Apollo out of the chain, 
and um, still monitor through the DAW, it's not there. Even like, and, and I'm running. That kind of makes sense, though. I suppose. Me, uh, like, and if it is ten milliseconds, that that's still f- fast enough. That is like most people don't notice. Levels. Yeah, most people don't notice, but I have had. I notice for sure, but I have had clients that that mention things like it sounds it sounds thin or it sounds tinny or it sounds something sounds a little off. Yeah. Like my voice sounds chorused. I get that every once in a while. And then I flip would happen. And then I flip the phase. I flip the phase and it goes away. I mean it just doesn't go away. It sounds better. Okay. It sounds less noticeable, especially on acoustic guitar, because there's so much high frequency information. Guess inverting the phase would ten milliseconds. Yeah, that's it's, it's a weird one. It's it. I I know, right? Like it 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 doesn't um it doesn't it certainly doesn't um fix it, but it is oh, it would, less noticeable. Yeah. It, 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 it's kind of like inverting the phase when you have a microphone on us or two microphones on a snare, right? Right. Like it's probably still going to be out of phase, but the out of phase isn't as noticeable. Yeah. 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 I, um, I had a, um, student come in. I've, I've one student We're wrapping up here. I have one student that's doing, uh, that's doing his master's program with yeah. the recording connection. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. And he finally, it took him three months. Yeah. Three months to find a band and get them prepared to get into the studio. All sorts of drama around bands okay. that he would bring in scheduling problems like you wouldn't believe, but finally got a band in Thursday night. Yeah. And because he hadn't been to the studio since before Christmas. Oh, <laughs> things have changed no no not i no. mean not really you know but like the, the console is still here yeah he, he he just he um it was clear he needed more practice okay um he didn't set up his pro tool session before he got here he didn't verify tempos with the band uh, and okay. so and, and the band had not practiced to a metronome they were actually pretty good to the metronome once they figured out what the right tempo was but it took them an hour to figure out the tempos. I remember having to do that for right. a band where we had to like in the control room, play it part by part because they had changing tempos. Yeah. These guys, these guys had three different tempos in the song and it, it ended up working. Um, they, but that's exactly what they did was they would figure out the tempo of one section and then play that section, then figure out the tempo of the next section and play that section. Uh, yeah. yeah. When I did it, it was, we counted how many part or how many bars for this part. What is the tempo? Yep. And then how many bars is the next part? Is it the same tempo? No, it's slightly different. What is the tempo? And oh man, that was that was a beast to try and figure out. And then we record the entire song afterwards. Right. Those tempos. Yeah. Just to be thrown out because the singer heard the click track because they had to have their uh, headphones cranked. Okay, that's it for us. We will see you guys all next week. Yeah, see ya. Follow our hosts on Twitter at 
two bodies of water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.